Remain standing, take your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts in chapter 12. I'm going to read 24 verses of Scripture in a message that I'm entitling Divine Intervention. We've been doing a series on healing your family tree, and so I'll tie that into this series, a message perfectly applicable to the day and the hour that we find ourselves here in March 22nd, 2020, with a worldwide pandemic. Acts chapter 12 and verse 1. Are you ready? Now at that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. And he killed James, a brother of John, with the sword. And because that he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but, everybody say but, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers and the squads before the door, keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals, and so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him, and he did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord, and they went out. And went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And Peter, when he'd come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. And many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked on the door of the gate, A girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of their gladness, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting it was so, so they said, it's his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door, they saw him and were astonished. But motioning to them, With his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go tell all these things to James and the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. And as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what became of Peter. But Herod had searched for him and not found him. He examined the guards and commanded that they be put to death. And they went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Now Herod 
had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They came to him with one accord and having made Blastus the king personal aid and their friend, they asked for peace and because their country was supplied by supplied with food by their king's country. And as soon, pardon me, so on a set day, verse 21, so on a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and he gave an oration to them and the people kept shouting, the voice of God, not a man. The voice of God, not a man. Verse 23, and immediately the angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the time and history that we find ourselves in, that you have entrusted to us the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to preach, to proclaim, and to demonstrate your power in this earth. For such a time as this, you've placed us. There's wars, rumors of wars and earthquakes, but you've placed us here at this time, global pandemic, and we are not a people given to fear. We're a people full of faith and courage and strength by the anointing. And I ask now that you would use this message and the effects of it would be far-reaching even to eternity. Come on, lift your voice and pray for yourself. God, speak to us tonight. Speak to all those online. May we never be the same because your word goes forth and doesn't return void. Have your will, have your way, be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm so thankful for divine intervention. You look throughout scripture and you'll find find that God intervened over and over and over again. That's what he does. The deist, as I've taught you and preached to you so many times before, sees God as creator, but sees him standing back with his arms folded, looking at creation. That is not the God of the Bible. He's not only the creator, but he's actively involved in creation. And he's actively involved in our lives. He's actively involved in the situations and circumstances that even we find ourselves in tonight. He's involved. He intervened in the Garden of Eden and he clothed Adam and Eve with skins. He intervened with Noah and he taught him how to build a boat and gave them the dimensions of it. And when a worldwide flood and what they, what rain happened, I mean, I didn't even know what rain was before that. It rained and Noah and his family was protected and brought in an ark. The church is like an ark in this hour. The church is a place where people are going to find hope and strength and courage from disease and pestilence and sin. The church is a place that God is, has allowed to be in existence right now. Uh, uh, ambassadors, if you will, uh, houses of worship are being used like arks, like Noah's ark. God's intervening. And he intervened in Abraham. He intervened with Isaac. He intervened with Jacob. He intervened, Lord, in the lives of Israel. He intervened throughout history. He intervened in Lazarus' life, and he rose from the dead. He intervened with Peter at tax time, and he told him to go fishing, and he gave him two coins. He healed the sick. He set the captives free. He touched a leper and they were cleansed of their uncleanness and were made whole. God is a God who intervenes in the lives of man. And he's intervening tonight in America. He's intervening tonight in Italy. He's intervening tonight in Spain. He's intervening tonight all around the world for those who will apply even these principles of intervention. 
divine intervention will be released in your life as well. I don't know how you've been handling the crisis. Some people run in fear and hide. Other people are terrified. Some people are bold and brazen and breaking all the rules. Even going where angels would fear to tread, perhaps. Now there's a crisis, and there's a crisis in the church. One of the crises I see in the church, the modern church, is prayerlessness. One of the crises I see in the church today is a lack of holiness and purity that has become sort of a, a patty cake club for Jesus, a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of sermonette preaching, a little bit of sermonettes producing, rather, Christianettes. It's time to turn to the Lord. It's time to call on his name. And I believe that God is using this pandemic globally to bring people to an awareness that he's on the throne and to call on him. I was talking to Dr. James Morocco tonight right before the service, and they had, they had a, great, a great time in Maui. They're not allowed to gather at all. They have a total shut-in going on. But they're allowed to drive around in their cars. And he talked to the mayor, I guess, and the governor, and they had drive-in church. So literally, people came in their cars, filled the parking lot, they, they put it on the AM radio station, and Dr. Morocco preached, and you could say amen by beeping your horn. Oh, come on, that's, that's amazing. You can't stop the church. I love all these innovative ideas that God's bringing. You know, a church, many, many churches were shut inside the four walls. And now they're like, well, how do we get the, 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 the word out? There was a lot of criticism years ago about televangelists. And uh, <laughs> nobody's criticizing them now because just about every single pastor has become a televangelist overnight. If you're going to reach your people, if you're going to minister to people and share God's word, you went online. You closed your church. Well, I, that's a bad idea. The church is in crisis, but I believe that this is going to purify the church, and I believe that the church is going to be set on fire. We're going to see the greatest move of God ever. Come on, you're having church right now. You're home right now, wherever you are. I mean, come on, let, let wherever you are be a cathedral. Turn that thing up and listen to the word of the Lord. I'm not going to preach real long to you, but by God's grace, I'm going to preach real strong to you. I'm going to teach you about divine intervention and how to have that happen in your family, in your life. Let's a little closer look at the text. King Herod Agrippa I is on a rampage. Uh, King Herod Agrippa I is the grandson of Herod the Great. All right, so Herod the Great is past. The year here is uh, about 40, uh, well, Herod, Herod Agrippa I died in 44 AD. So the year here is about 41, 41 AD, give or take, 44 AD. It's kind of hard to tell. It was a long time ago. And uh, it's about 10 years after the resurrection. The church had become so strong that literally, here's what theologians say, scholars, historians say that the Christianity becomes so strong that literally Judaism was in danger of, of being wiped out. That's how strong the church was. Wow, amazing. Herod Agrippa on the scene, and he wants to associate with Jewish leaders. He's a man pleaser. He saw that he, you'll see that he saw that he pleased the Jews when he killed James. Uh, pardon me, when he, when he killed Stephen, who's the first martyr. Then he killed, pardon me, he killed James. Stephen is the first martyr. James is the second martyr that we know of. Killed him with the sword, saw that it had pleased all the Jews. So he gets Peter, the head of the church, or should I say the lead apostle, and he, he brings him and he tries him and he's going to be executed. So he waits for the, for the holidays to pass and he's going to execute him. And you'll notice in the text that he's guarded by four squads of soldiers. So you can see that 
Christianity had a, some power and display going on because you don't guard a normal person. with. What are you nervous about? Obviously nervous about something. Peter, on the other hand, is asleep. He's nervous about nothing. He's not afraid of losing his head. He's not afraid of dying because I think he understood, one, that he doesn't have to worry about death, and two, the prophetic word given to him by Jesus had not come to pass. You'll be in your old age, Jesus told him. Another one will gird you. So here he is, snoring away. And I, I, I imagine, anybody else have an imagination out there? You have an imagination? Can you imagine what it would be like to hear Peter sleeping? Giant beard, maybe? <laughs> I mean, I think the guy snored. I mean, the angel has to come and say, hey, get up, bro. I mean, the angel has to come and wake him up. You'd think all the glory would just have woken him up, but no, he's, he's sound asleep. He had been working hard. This prison is, is, is open. He brings him out of prison. He brings him through the iron gate that leads to the city that opens of its own accord. And he's led to go to a life group. He's led to go to a prayer meeting. You know, the church in the first century met in three places. They met in the temple, they met in the synagogue, and they met in homes. And right now, it's a very biblical thing to be meeting in your homes. I long for the time when we're going to come back and meet here in this beautiful building. And even more so in December 2020 when we meet in our new building and have our grand opening. Hallelujah. It's a statement of the glory of God and the power of prayer and the intervention of God right there. When he goes to Mary's house, he's the mother of John Mark to let them know that he's escaped and he's gotten out. And this, this girl, Rhoda, Rhoda, she's so freaked out. Now, just listen to this. For, there's a couple things that jump out at me and then I'll get into how to release divine intervention for you. A couple of things that jump out at me from the text. Number one is that Peter thought he's having a vision, which shows you how common visions are. Visions really are common. God speaks through dreams. He speaks through visions. He speaks in an audible voice. He speaks through his word. He speaks through prophets. He speaks through circumstances. Listen, COVID-19 be wiped out tonight to be over, right? So it isn't. So why not? Well, that's a good question. So why don't you, why don't you pray and, and seek the Lord about that? Could it be that there's judgment? Yes, could be. Could it be that it's Satan's rage against the nations? Absolutely. Could it be that man's sin and all the abortion and all the different things that are taking place have something to do with it? Yeah, it's not a, just a natural disaster through some uh, person in, in China eating bat soup with guano. It's, it's more than that. God's, God's able to squash it tonight. Creation's grown is the fourth thing, and I've taught you about that. But he has this, he thinks he's having a vision, and then he's, he, he kind of like wakes up. He realizes, oh, this is not a vision. The angel of the Lord has come to deliver me. So he goes down, he goes to the life group, and when he goes to the life group, he knocks on the gate. And Rhoda, one of the children, basically, it's like Tobias, goes to answer the door. Hey, and, and hello, and Peter says, it's me. And he just, she just freaks out. Ah, it runs back into the prayer meeting. It's Peter, it's Peter. And they're like, you've lost your mind, which is what you're beside yourself means. You're crazy. And she wouldn't stop. And what did they say? They said, it must be Peter's angel. It must be Peter's angel, which shows you how, how common it was to have an encounter with an angel even. You, you, how many of you know you have angels? Your angel sees the face of God every day. Three kinds of prayer is what brought the intervention of God. Three kinds of prayer. And these are the three kinds of prayer you have got to have in your life right now. You've got to, right now and forevermore, you've got to have these components in your family, 
to be healed, to be whole, to advance the kingdom, to move forward in the plan of God, you have to have these three kinds of prayer. The first one is fervent prayer. And that's right out of the text. The church was there. Constant prayer was offered to God by him. The the picture of a fervent prayer. Let me read this to you. James in 5 and verse 13. Is anyone suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let them drive to King's Chapel through the drive through prayer and get prayed for and healed. If anyone of you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. It's hard to call for a leader in the church if you don't have a church. That's a free bonus. And let them pray for them, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Confess your trespass one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, listen closely, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Look at verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly or fervently that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. He prayed again by the word of the Lord, He prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth produced fruit. There is a violent, fervent prayer that is different than just a a little whim or a little wish that you throw up. Oh, God, if it's your will, I can't stand that. Know what his will is and pray it. Know what his will is and decree it. Know what his will is and pray it wholeheartedly. You know, unabashed, fervent, God's is saving my whole family. That's not even a prayer. That's a declaration. I know what God's will is, so I'm decreeing it. The Lord is saving my entire family. My entire family on my mother's side, on my father's side. He's saving every one of them. Come on, say that at home. The Lord is saving my entire family in Jesus' name. Can you, do you have to like, yeah, am I yelling? Yeah, it's fervent. Lord, do you even believe this? Do you, do you believe it's true what I'm about to say? But I mean, is it believable? The Lord is saving my entire family. It doesn't mean you have to yell and shout, but there's something that's fervent that comes from the heart. I, I, I'll tell you what I can't stand listening to. I can't stand listening to people that are teaching something that's not there. It's not real for them. That, it, that it's something that, that's not, it's not down in the bedrock of their soul. They're not convinced. You need to be convinced of the power of prayer. Otherwise, you're not going to be a person that prays. You need to be convinced of fervent prayer. Fervent prayer is different than just, what would be the opposite of fervent? Lukewarm? We could probably possibly ask Siri what she would say. Lame? Weak? Sissified? Lame? Prayer that has no conviction, no fire, no passion. Dispassionate prayer. Prayer that has no fire, no fervency. Cold prayer. It doesn't say the cold, wet, damp prayer brings about change. It says the fervent prayer. The fervent prayer. Come on, someone say the fervent prayer. The fervent prayer brings about change. Matthew 7 and verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives, and him that seeks finds, and to him that knocks a door will be opened. The way that those tenses are, it's, it means ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking until your asking gets an answer, till, till you receive, till the door opens. 
fervent prayer. We're talking about three ways or three ways to pray that'll bring divine intervention in the midst of global pandemic, in the midst of any challenge, any problem, any trial, all of your life. Three ways the church of the living God brought breakthrough and intervention. One, fervent prayer. Two, continuous prayer. Look at verse five. Continuous prayer. Continuous prayer. Say with me. What kind of prayer? Continuous prayer. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered. Constant prayer or continuous prayer. It means prayer that didn't stop. They had a prayer meeting and it didn't stop. You know, one of the things that I've seen... uh, there's some that have wanted to gather and are excited about coming back to church and are critical over those who are, have shut down the, the, uh, the method of gathering together in large groups, even though the government has asked us to. But one of, the, one of the things that's irritating to me is people that complain about that, but they don't go to church regularly anyway. Well, uh, that, that's just irritating to me. There needs to be a constant, fervent, Prayer. So that's the second thing, continuous prayer. Let me read you some scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, rejoice always. How much? Always. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Psalm 88, 1, O Lord, the God of my salvation. I cried out by day and by night before you. First Chronicles 16 and 11. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. How often are you supposed to seek his face? Continue. That means ongoing, without stopping, seeking his face. In Psalm 116, verse 2. Because he's inclined his ear to me, therefore I shall call upon him as long as I Live. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, they were continually devoting themselves. How often? Continually. Listen, it's time to continually seek the Lord. To pray fervently, that's the first way to release the divine intervention of God in your family, in the nation. Pray fervently. Secondly, pray continually. Can you say continually? Continually. The third way is pray united. I don't know if you ever had to come in agreement with somebody you're not in agreement with, but you gotta, you gotta talk and be like, no, wait, I don't wanna do it that way. And they're like, no, this is the way to do it. And then you, you negotiate and then finally you agree. Ecclesiastes says, how can two of you walk together unless you be in agreement? The fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much, but there's a unity that has to come about. If there's no unity, then how many of you know that's gonna hinder the effectiveness of your prayer and God's intervention? And in this text, they were, they were fervent, they were continuous, and they were with one accord. They were united. You know, so many families are fractured. You, you, need, to, you need to forgive each other. I mean, I, I honestly think what's going to happen here, uh, I, I think they're having a meeting today or tomorrow. I think we're gonna, they're going to follow suit with Anchorage, and the valley's about to be locked down. I think that's what's about to happen. Non-essential meetings are canceled. Of course, we're essential, so we'll keep having services the way that the Lord will lead us, and we'll keep you updated on all of that. But if you're going to be in your home with your kids and, and, and your spouse, or maybe you're a single mom or a single dad, I, I, don't know, I don't know what the condition of your home, maybe you're all alone. It's time to start a prayer meeting. I said it's time. You said, well, we don't really do that. It's sort of awkward. Yeah, teach your kids. Get over the awkward. 
Get over it. You know, don't, don't hold, you don't have to pray in Elizabethan English for God's sake. Just express your love to God. Look at, look in, uh, in the epistles. Those are the letters of the apostle Paul and pray the, pray the prayers of the apostle Paul. You can go to Ephesians. Oh, and, and on and on and on. So many amazing prayers. Have your kids memorize those. You want to heal your family, get your family, start praying. We're talking about healing your family tree in, in this uh, series that I'm doing. We need divine intervention in our families. How do you have that? Fervent, continuous, united prayer. That's how. And so teach your kids to pray. Teach your kids to pray. You know, one of the things I love about Kings, our children's ministry is amazing. And I heard so many great things about what happened today uh, through the Kings, uh, Kings Kids Alaska uh, group, and you can go find that, and you can, listen, that's still up, you can go watch it again, you need to, you can watch that every day this week until the new one comes out, let them memorize it, learn, learn to memorize the parts of the scriptures and the different things that happen, one of the beautiful things I saw recently was in, on a Sunday night, and Sunday night's family night here at King's, we had King's up front, and I saw kids, I mean, like dancing and worshiping. And when it came time to pray, I saw a nine, 10 year old just like, I don't know what he was saying because it was so loud in here from all the other fervent, united, consistent prayer, constant prayer that was taking place. But I saw that he was lifting his voice and praying. He's 10. I've known 40-year-olds that are ashamed to lift their voice because they're afraid of what they sound like, afraid that they're going to do it wrong. Don't be afraid. You know what you should be afraid of? Afraid of not praying. If you could have the veneer pulled back in the heavenlies right now and see what is headed towards your home and your family, you'd have a prayer meeting. Amen. Are you trying to scare me? Yep, I am. I'm using scare tactics. It's also biblically true. So you need to pray and learn to pray and teach your kids. We'll say, well, Dad, I, I, I don't know how to pray. I, I, that's okay. You teach him to pray the Our Father. That's a good start. Teach him to pray Psalm 23. Teach him to pray Psalm 91. And it can be a little awkward at first. But what happens with this fervent, continuous, united prayer, look what happens in the text. Peter's freed. He's, he's set free. Herod is killed, eaten by worms. God intervenes with a demonic leader. God will intervene in America. God will intervene in the nations. God will intervene over and over and over. That's what he does. So what's God saying to kings tonight? What's God saying to kings, cathedral and chapels worldwide? I believe he's saying the same thing that he's teaching, that I've been teaching you today. That we face an opposition that is, that is pretty tremendous. And I know people, a lot of people have downplayed it. But all you have to do is talk to Minister Barry. Somebody, I've heard people say, is there even a sickness? It's a total conspiracy. Yeah, talk to Minister Barry. His friend, 60 years old, is on a ventilator right now in Springfield, Missouri, fighting for his life. His organs have started shutting down. We intervene right now. Come on, pray for him right now. We pray for him right now and every other person that's on ventilators and fighting for their life in Italy and in Spain. God, intervene in the name of Jesus. We speak life. We drive back this thing in Jesus' name. We're Release the power of God now for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Can you say a better amen? So, you know, it's time for us to pray. We face opposition. We've always faced opposition. The church has always faced opposition. But this is a global pandemic, a little bit different. There's been famines. There's wars. There's, there's been all kinds of things. This is just, you know, 2020, new for us. I was never been through a global pandemic. I'm 50-something years old, and I've never been through a global pandemic. I was talking to my dad, who's 82, I think, and uh, my dad's like, yeah, no, 
No, we've never seen anything like this. We went through Vietnam. And you talk about an older generation that was in World War II. Global pandemic. The Spanish flu. Hallelujah. It ended. I'm going to tell you this is going to end. But it'll end a lot sooner if we do fervent, continuous, united prayer. Get our prayer meetings. You can come to our prayer meetings. And uh, they're, they're streamed from Maui, 8 o'clock Alaska time. Get in the prayer meeting in Maui right at home. Be, have a prayer meeting in your own home. So our, as families, we're challenged, and we've got to break through. We've got to pray through. So lastly, let me close as our worship team's coming. How do I see divine intervention? Very simply, have fervent, continuous, united prayer. Start a prayer meeting in your home. Start a prayer meeting in your neighborhood. How about that? Start a prayer meeting online. How about start doing some live broadcast yourself? Okay, maybe you and your 10 friends will be on, but at least they'll be praying. I said, at least they'll be praying. At least people will be gathered. Share your testimony. I said that this morning and this afternoon in our services. I'll I'll share it now. Instead of taking pictures of the five-star meal you produced while you're all hunkered down in your home and your apartment, Taking pictures of your newest, you know, Pinterest way of producing, you know, hand sanitizer using grain alcohol, using grain alcohol and aloe vera, you know, and all the new ways of doing that. How, how about share how God saved you? How about, how about put up a video about when you gave your life to Jesus and let that go viral instead of hand sanitizer? There's something that sanitizes greater than, 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 than grain alcohol and Purell. You know what it is? It's the blood. The blood of Jesus is stronger than or greater than the virus. I said the blood is greater than the virus. The blood greater than virus. Yes, the blood is greater than the virus. Say it. The blood is greater than the virus. The blood is over the virus. How about sharing the power of God? How about sharing this broadcast? Recast this thing. Reach out to your friend. Use your phone. Use that $1,000 device you have and call all of your contacts. Tell them you love them. Tell them you're praying for them. Share the good news of Jesus with them. Start a prayer meeting online. Start one in your own. Be a part of the prayer times that we have here. And you know what will happen? Divine intervention will happen. We need God's divine intervention in the nations. People are scared. It's time to seek his face. It's time to learn to lean in to Jesus. It's time to learn to lean in, press in. It's time to learn to pray fervently. You know, when death is on the line, you pray a whole lot different. You say, how do you know? Because I've experienced it. I've shared many of those stories before. I have had a fervent prayer life since I gave my heart to Christ. And it's, it's waxed and waned, but, but, but mostly it's been fervent. But when I really learned to pray was when the devil tried to take my little girl. Her heart failed. And she had her lungs filled with fluid and they couldn't intubate her. A, a, a type of pneumonia, if you will. I mean, it's just they had too much, too much fluid on and her heart wasn't strong enough to push it out. And they made some decisions that well-meaning weren't the right ones. And she ended up on a, on a procedure table with four nurses and a doctor, four nurses, one at every limb, trying to hold her down and trying to intubate her. It took 30-plus minutes. And I watched through a set of blinds a broken-hearted father 
with my, with my daughter. Brokenhearted, I had a prophetic word over her that she would dance, that she would sing, that God would use her powerfully as a worship leader and that God would use her powerfully to touch her generation. And I'm watching her possibly dying on a procedural bed. And they told me how important it was. I got news for you. I wasn't praying this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray, dear Lord, my son. It's cute and everything, but it doesn't, it doesn't break the demonic attack off of your child. You know, when you looked at Jairus and his prayer, his fervency, he worked for the temple. Jairus' daughter was dying. So he goes to seek Jesus. And he could have, he, he probably lost his job. He worked at the temple and he went to go talk to Jesus and said, Jesus, come, my daughter's dying. And he was interrupted by a woman with the issue of blood. His miracles interrupted by somebody else who could have been killed by being there in the presence of all of those people. There was social distancing because she had some blood disorder. She broke the social distancing to get healed. She touched the hem of his garment, it was healed. And you see all kinds of people after that trying to touch the hem of his garment. Jairus pressed through and got a hold of Jesus. He think he, I think he lost his job for it, but Jesus came and raised her up. Listen, I'm telling you, when your children are on the line, when death is on the line, are you saying death is on the line? It's a global pandemic. He said, well, it's all a conspiracy. What do you know? Can't even hardly tie your shoes for God's sake. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I, we know people that are suffering with it right now. And, and I'm just trusting that God's gonna intervene, divine intervention, if we will fervently, continually, united pray. United prayer. Back to my, that testimony I was sharing. I lost my mind in the hospital. I broke an half. As I'm looking through these blinds, I'm bellowing cries and utterances, and I don't even know what I was saying. I was wailing and screaming, God, 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 you said this, my daughter, Lord, you said, God, and it went on for 30 minutes. After 20, I'm ready to go hurt somebody in there, you know what I mean? You're touching my baby, it's not working. And the Lord said, give them 10 more minutes, nine minutes, 45 seconds, and they got that tube in. She was intubated and started breathing. I remember when the doctor, the doctor got that in. I'm watching the clock. There was a clock right there. I watched the whole thing. When he finally got that in, he lifted his hands. And, he, and, I, and I think he was worshiping. I mean, I, he had his back towards me, but he lifted his hands. And I was worshiping and I opened my eyes and I was on the floor. And the pediatrician who was our pediatrician is standing over me and he looks at me and he says, you all right? I said, I am now. I'm all right now. And he gave me his hand and he pulled me up off the floor. And this is my daughter right here who would not be alive. There was a demonic attack on, on all of my children when they were born. And I'm telling you, fervent, continuous, united prayer is what brought divine intervention. You know what's going to bring divine intervention in, in this nation? What's going to bring divine intervention to the pandemic? Fervent, continuous, united prayer. Stand up all across this place and those at home. Lift your hands to heaven and ask God to give you a burden for prayer. Ask God to give you a burden to pray. Come on, not, not just in a prayer meeting. Make, make your house, make your house a church. Make your house like the upper room. Make your house like the house that Peter came to. That Peter would be like, 
You know, he knew where he was going. He went, I'm going to the prayer meeting. Do you think he got a text? He didn't. He knew that the church, how did he know that they're even having a prayer meeting? Because that's what the church did. You know what needs to happen? That there's such an outbreak of prayer all across the nation and neighborhoods across the land. Houses of prayer, houses of worship on, on Cedar Street, on, on Maple Street. Come on, and at a Clutena place. All across the land, homes opening and crying out to God. It's time. If you came during the Hebrides revival all those years ago and you visited the Hebrides in that place where they had the outpouring with Duncan Campbell, if you went there, there it is written that you would go at night at two in the morning and you would see lamps on in houses, people crying out for revival. Could it be that this would be the, the, the catalyst that would cause America to turn back to God in fervent, continuous, united prayer? That we would repent for abortion. That we would repent for same-sex marriage, that we would repent for being an apathetic church, lethargic, and not burdened by the things of the Lord. It's time for divine intervention. God, let the fire of revival burn in every heart. Let the fire of revival and prayer meetings burn in every home. Lord, raise up prayer movements, God, all across the land. Fervent, continuous, united prayer. And I thank you, Lord, that we have that here. May it increase more and more. And we would see the divine intervention of God even tonight in the name of Jesus. If you have the freedom to pray in the Holy Ghost, go ahead and do that. If you have the freedom to pray in your prayer language, do that. If you don't, pray in English. Come on, pray that God would give you a burden for prayer. That God would awaken the church. God would awaken the sleeping giant. The church, the ecclesia. The church, the answer. The tip of the spear, God, that you would raise up mighty prayer movements, even 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as you've called us here. As we built our new building for that, thank you. Lord, let it be cultivated. Bring in prayer warriors and musicians and intercessors. Bring them in and give us a burden to pray. Come on, a moment longer, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. We give you praise and we give you glory. Every head bowed, every eye closed online. Those here, you're not right with God. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you want to make a recommitment to him because you drifted. If you drifted, God didn't move. So you come back to Christ tonight. You give your life to him for the first time or make a recommitment or if you just want to be assured. Pray this prayer with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my life and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. Would you lift your hands, won't you? All across this nation, the nations, wherever you are. If you're driving, just use one hand. Put your phone down on the seat there. Put it on speakerphone. Put in your headphones or something. Lift one hand, one hand on the wheel. Holy Spirit, fill and touch each and every one in the name of Jesus. Baptize them afresh. Fresh oil, fresh fire, fresh anointing. 
in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our prayer, uh, our drive-through prayer is open for another 45 minutes. You can still come. I'm going to be out there praying and agreeing with those that drive up. Don't miss all that takes place around here. We've gone streaming online. Morning prayer is here at the church. And uh, there's ample space to follow the rules and still have morning prayer. So you can come to that. We're agreeing and believing for divine intervention in your home, in your family, in America, in the nations. Can you say hallelujah? Come on, we're going to close. But before we do, come on, let's just go back in to worship the Lord. Come on. And a thousand generations in your family, in your children, Jesus. their children, in their children. Praise, praise, go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you hey. and within you. He is with you, He is with you. May His favor be upon you and a thousand. Receive it right and your family. Receive the blessing of God. Receive divine intervention tonight. In the name of Jesus. Every man, every woman, every child. In Jesus' name. Prayer line is open. You can call right now. Holy Spirit, release your fire, your power right now. Holy Ghost, break off fear. Holy Spirit, intervene that we have. Again, Kings Kids Alaska on the Facebook page. Uh, pardon me, they got their own YouTube channel attached to ours. You can go avail yourself of that and put that on and play it 50 times this week to your kids. Let them memorize the whole thing and be a part of the different things that are taking place, much of which are online. Uh, text in church is some new technology we're now using to keep you 
posted of what's taking place and some of the upcoming events and the change in which we are now using the online as opposed to gathering corporately. And uh, we'll let you know where we're at with that as, as things progress. Uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated as well as our new and improved email. You go to kcalaska.com and you can find out how to get text in church and how to be a part of that email. We're so glad that you logged on and we're a part of this. You go ahead and share it with somebody. I'll see you tomorrow, 1230. We call it ETS, Eat the Scroll. Powerful words, short, 20 to 30 minutes, sometimes 15, depends. Going to be life-changing. You'll be a part of that Monday through Monday through Saturday. We love you so much. We miss you and we bless you in the name of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance towards you to be gracious to you, keep you, and give you peace. Be of good courage. He's overcome the world. God bless you. Remember, God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated.